Sabrina and Salem continue grilling Hilda on the evening's details, including the fact that he took her to the cattle auction, the fact that he's on a diet, and when he's hungry, he doesn't eat, no, he drinks iced tea. He's not lost any weight, but at least he's jittery. What is iced tea, Phil? I... uh, I assume it's cold tea. (laughs) 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 Works for me. Welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three sharp and suggestive saxophonists review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. My name is Phil and this is my band. On tenor is Mr. Christopher Evans. Hello, Phil! How are you doing, my friend? I'm alright. I'm first, because, you know... Tenor, whatevs. Absolutely, and you, you had to dust off your um, saxophone. You've not got it out for quite a while, have you? Yeah, my, my saxophone has been well and truly uh, cased up uh, ever since the uh, the 2003 incident where I blew off a man's toupee. Oof, God, yeah, now, I'm sure you've heard about this, so we, we're not going to go into it. Uh, it, was, but... it was reported on every major news channel, <laughs> including <absolutely> CNN. <laughs> and uh, to the man to my left, who is on the alto, it's Mr. Graham Riley. Dig. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, my friend? I'm cool, Daniel. Um... <laughs> Yeah, my, yeah, I, I thought this was a, this was a pretty groovy episode. It was. Uh, now, um, for the folks at home, you've got quite an illustrious history when it comes to uh, playing the, the saxophone. Do do tell. Uh, yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, I was I was taught by um, her, her from the Zootons. My, my saxophone playing has has been described as well. I can describe it right now. It is uh, sexy. Yes, sexy, legendary. And, um, yeah, you, you've played in a few bands, haven't you? Yeah, you, you were with Sammy Davis Jr. for a while. I was, um, I was, well, I, I, I believed I was in his band. I was waiting for him to, to turn up for rehearsals. Turned out he'd been dead 30 years. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, it's that Nigerian prince that led you on it was, to it. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. You didn't give him any money, did you? No. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, and the funny thing is, we're all making jokes that these guys are sax, uh, saxophonists. Uh, I'm probably the only one who has actually played a saxophone out of the three of us. That's you true. played a saxophone. I did. When? I was uh, in primary school for was it inflatable? Th- about three months. I played the saxophone for. What could you play? I could three play a really. I could play a really cool jazz version of um, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. <laughs> How do you jazz up Twinkle Twinkle Little Star? <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Yeah. That was that was that was brilliant. Yeah, I played it in front of a crowd of screaming children. I was, um, what, what, you played your thumb in front of a crowd of screaming children. You better believe it. That's, that's why they went so crazy. 
so anyway, enough about our illustrious jazz uh, professions. Uh, no, we're going to talk about uh, an episode of Sabrina, funny enough. Uh, episode 13, Little Big Craft. And in this one, a uh, sort of Mr. Craft... Uh, well, Sabrina tries to put Mr. Craft down a peg a little bit to make him understand what it's like being a teenager. So she drugs his iced tea and he turns into a child. Yep. Mentally, anyway. Yeah, no, no, that, that is actually an accurate representation. She fucking drugged him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she drugged the hell out of that man. And he did not know, so she... It's definitely the witch police should have been brought in I was going to say, definite crime committed there. <laughs> oh, so, uh, boys, did we enjoy this episode before we get into it? Apart from the dark undertones of druggery, did we uh, Did we enjoy it? What the fuck is druggery? <laughs> <laughs> right, hello. You're right there, druggery. How are you doing today? Yeah, pint, please, mate. Pint, yeah. yeah. It's a character in Harry Potter, wasn't it? No, no, it just, it just sounds like a fun way, School a light-hearted way to, um, to talk about <clears throat> drugs. Yeah, mate. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The act of druggery. It's one of those moments. If uh, if you weren't scared about drugs after watching this episode, fucking terrified of them. Yeah, so this is a great PSA. This episode. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a great representation you know. of if you take drugs, your brain will melt and you'll go back in time. So yeah, you you will yeah. regress to your childhood, but you'll be happy. I mean, you <laughs> yeah, know, Mister Kraft was having a, a a grand old time, wasn't he? So he was. Uh, maybe he was. it's not such a bad thing. I did enjoy this episode, though. I thought it was a bit more of a return to. As we'll talk about a few of the themes, the things we thought were going to be the running themes of the series and then turned out not to be at all. Um, <laughs> some of them came back, so that was good. Um, the whole Mr. Craft being a kid reminded me a bit of Rudy Kazuti, which yes. is an episode I loved without completely retreading that, because obviously he, wasn't, he never quite regressed to toddler yeah. level. Um, yeah, I, I, I had a good time in this episode, certainly more so than the last few, I'd say. Yeah, and, and Marty Mull is fabulous at he was being great. a yeah. young lad. I think he's really... It's just funny. I think, he, yeah. I think yeah. just this older man walking around with a moustache and a backwards cat riding a bike talking about Teen Night Rider I think is yeah, fabulous the, the, there was one moment it was the uh, the uh, the face smack that, <laughs> yeah. that really sold it for me it was just that <gasps> <laughs> yeah. he's really really good at this and yeah this episode I think is is a return to to form and definitely better than the last couple that we've we've sat through so oh might as well crack sat on with it sat through is being polite there <laughs> yeah. tolerated yeah, is I more think, accurate absolutely so the episode opens with Sabrina and Salem peeping through the curtains as it appears Mr. Kraft and Hilda are returning from a date. Why the fuck is Hilda on another date with Mr. Kraft? We've been through this. We know she hates it. What the fuck is happening? Well, she says... I as, don't care what she says. <laughs> she says as a middle-aged woman, she's got a lot of Friday nights to fill. Is there... Was Take there, up knitting! <laughs> take up something else. Was there some sort of, um, sort of agreement that he'd go easy on Sabrina if... Well, she kept dating when, him in, or? After that episode, she did find out that she did... Oh, no, it was after Speeding the Teenage Boy. Yeah. When she realised that Mr. Kraft literally fought her for her. Yeah. Um, she she did sort of have a, have a sort of an admiration for, yeah. for Kraft. She, she's not attracted to him, but he's a, re, a reliable, safe person. Yeah. To kind you, to tolerate? No, no, no. That is not how love and relationships work. <laughs> oh, you're safe. I'll stick with you. <laughs> oh, he's not safe. He's divorced, isn't he? Let his, let his brother bloody sleep with his wife, didn't he? Idiot. Um, <laughs> what a cad. <laughs> so they return, and Hilda is eager to get inside, whilst Mr. Kraft is eager. Hey, Mr. To... Kraft is eager to get inside as well. Not proud of that one, but. Uh... <laughs> <clears throat> 
Get off. You are. Uh, yeah, he's, he's eager to get inside. And um, so he tries to... He, well, he doesn't try to. He actually aggressively kisses her. And she sort of manages to make his car roll down uncontrollably down a hill yeah, to make yeah. him get away. So she butchers people and damages property just so she doesn't have to be kissed by this man. Who yeah. she's willingly on a date with. You see how it doesn't add up, Phil? Do you see? Do you see? Some would suggest that she's mad. But if Hilda is willing to endanger people's lives to stop Mr. Kraft from kissing her, Hilda clearly has a problem with saying no. Mm-hmm. Because you can always just make something magic happen to get out of that awkward situation. So I guess that's probably how she's ended up still going out with Kraft, even though he's... Clearly not her type at all. No, no, and he's clearly not a nice person. He's he's tolerable to her. Um, But did you catch where he took her out on a date? No, no, I missed that man. A cattle auction. Wow, (laughs) he's he's a real uh, sort of a cattle auction. No, 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 no. Cattle auctions happen during the day over a weekend where farmers come from all over the land. They don't happen at night. It's probably a week festival. Um, it's, Unless it's an illegal cattle auction. Now that's a little bit more interesting. Now. Yeah. Is, this, is, that, is that like cockfighting, but like illegal like yeah. cow auctions? Could, could be. could be some black market cattle auctioning. I mean, I don't think too many cattle auctions go on in Greater Boston that we know of. That we know of. <laughs> whoa, no. whoa, whoa, whoa. What's he intending to do with the cattle? If he's going to a cattle auction, surely he's going to buy a piece of cattle. And if he buys a cattle, where's he going to keep the cattle? And is he going to murder it? Is he going to give it to Hilda as a gift for her dungeon? Maybe. I just imagine there's a guy like in a long coat just going to people, I know where you can get a couple of... A couple of Frisians, a couple of uh, you have to your jerseys, lads. Come on, I've got some jerseys here. It's a running thing with Kraft, though, that he is a uh, a wannabe cowboy, perhaps. I think so. Yeah. He frequents Custer's Steakhouse. It might be where they go again later in this episode. And uh, yeah, and he literally wants to acquire cattle, possibly illicitly, and that's his idea of a romantic night out. <laughs> How lovely! We can all be jealous. Um, so Hilda the cow co- reminds him of his mum. Maybe. Mm. Or his ex-wife. Ah! Yeah, no, that's more true. That's more true. So Hilda comes in and Sabrina and Salem sort of mock out the love scene that was going on. Hold me, Willard. Salem cries and they continue to pucker up kisses. Hilda says... Last time I told somebody to hold me, Willard. (laughs) Slap me in the face. Um... A cat is doing an imitation of me kissing my niece's vice principal. So this is the lowest moment of my life. No, it's not, Hilda. The lowest moment of your life is when you were digging in the catacombs to bury those bodies. Yeah, Mm. that's what we discussed and discovered, I guess, last time. Well, there we go. We cut to the titles, and it's another one that we liked. Not necessarily for the reasons that it was funny or factually correct, but because our actress was a little awkward and, and... Creasing a little bit in it. She, yeah, she, she properly corpse uh, <laughs> dressed as this uh, this Viking. So yeah, um, I put Viking old school opera singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's exactly where it was, and she went for the high note and fucked it. Yeah, <laughs> and did yeah. she do it on purpose or by accident? I don't think she was supposed to pull off a incredible operatic um, climax because <laughs> I'm guessing she's not classically trained, but. Um, Clearly, the, the catch in her throat was genuine, and it caused her to sort of chuckle a bit, and that was adorable, <laughs> yeah. and a bit of genuine humour in these extremely forced and generally just cringeworthy... Um, yeah, it, it, I, I think the original intention of it was to have her dressed as this Viking, and all she need do is sort of open her mouth and produce some form of sound, and what they'd do is they'd edit in... 
the operatic singer afterwards, but what actually happened was when she started to make the sounds, she just she fucked it and then just kept it. <laughs> I would have liked her to have gone like, <laughs> and then the mirror that she's next to just goes. I think that was yeah. the original idea, but then she fucked it. <laughs> yeah, she fucked it and laughs. It's very similar to the Crucible, where uh, oh, when she gets the water thrown at her, yeah, yeah and she starts laughing while yeah. she's mopping her face. Very, very good. Uh, anyway, the in the episode, Sabrina and Salem continue grilling Hilda on the evening's details, including the fact that he took her to the cattle auction, the fact that he's on a diet, and when he's hungry, he doesn't eat. No, he drinks iced tea. He's not lost any weight, but at least he's jittery. What is iced tea, Phil? I, uh, I assume it's cold tea. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me. (laughs) Iced tea is not popular here. We like our tea to actually have 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 warmth to it. Um, Lipton's. Yeah, Lipton iced tea. We do we do have that. I've never actually had it myself. I know there's Chris told me there was Long Island iced tea. That's the alcoholic version. I I thought iced tea was just alcohol, and he's just just constantly drinking on the job, which I found a bit strange. So yeah. do they heat it up first and then let it go cold? That's all right. Oh, man. yeah. How yeah. would you? Because yeah, because if you've got a tea bag and you want to make ice, ice tea, you've got to pour in hot water. If you just put in cold water, then it doesn't diffuse properly. It doesn't does it? So no. does that mean you have to pour boiling water on the tea bag and then wait for it to cool down, stick it in the fridge, put some ice in it, and then you've got your ice tea? Because that is some fucking faff. <laughs> that is a faff for a shit drink. Yeah, cold it? tea is horrible. We've not really lived, though, have we? Like so much we don't actually know. No. I mean, obviously the, the low point of which being the uh, undershirt in the last episode. But, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Still don't know. Bravest thingy. What is yeah. it? <laughs> it's a fucking best. <laughs> oh god. Uh, anyway, something that we didn't know, but we now know now, is Hilda's full name, which yes. is Hildegard Antoinette Spellman. Wow. So Great there we go. Question then: Does that mean Hilda might have actually been Mary Antoinette? Maybe. It's not impossible. It's which, not. Anything's possible in the other realm. Which, which would indicate that um, champagne flutes are modelled off her breasts. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Did you not know that, Phil? No. That's what they say. <laughs> yeah. Um, champagne flutes were modelled off the breasts of Marie Antoinette. Wow. So. And if that was Hilda, then... Uh, that is flabbergasting. That is fact. <laughs> that is, and we, that's what we love. Hey? <laughs> we love a good. We love a good fact. We're here to t- fact. We're here to Give talk about fact. Sabrina second. Facts first, I guess. So yeah, Hildegard Antoinette Spellman, and uh, yeah, that comes from Zelda because she's upset that Hilda has used her laptop uh, to make fudge. Yeah, legally. She, she's packing fudge. Yeah, we're at school, and Sabrina's treated to merely a gargle of water from the fountain. Mrs. Quick hits the shit out of it to make it work, and it does, but a little too well, soaking some poor lad nearby. Harvey comes over and says that the PTA have sponsored a skiing trip to Vermont this weekend and they should both sign up. But that fun weekend may come to a grinding halt as it turns out that the old dog Willard Craft is chaperoning the trip. Remember my motto, he says, fun with discipline. Yeah, at this point, I'd like to draw your attention to the poster behind Harvey. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Go on, Greg. Now we we like we like noticing the the signs. We've seen one. There's there's no iron team. I've seen in this. Yeah, just... that that weird dolphin one from ages. Yeah, have a giggle. Have yeah. a giggle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then oh, and then ooh, um, AIDS. 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 Take the tone down. So that. But this new poster. Yeah. Had so... a bit of a, like a cowboy yeah. sort of Jerusalem theme to it. Yeah. We're, cowboy we're, Jerusalem. We're, we're sick of reminding you of important 
important issues, diseases you need to watch out for. They've gone back to just really generic, um, inspiring advice like have a giggle. Um, so yeah, um, hitch your wagon to a star. So what does that mean? I guess that means that Pursue a dream, pursue something far away and grand and fantastic, and you know, set your course for it because you know you're you're going you're going places, man. But um, what if anybody? You know, just think that the amount of trees that would have to die to make a poster like that um, and distribute it around schools all around the country, and you know, the fact that somebody sat sort of planning and designing it. Would that poster ever be of any use to anybody? Well, yeah, it was really useful for Peter Pan. You know, but he didn't go to Westbridge High. So <laughs> would would um you know when that we you, know of that we know of when we're if he does same universe um when uh, <laughs> when um you know is anybody when they're down being like oh hit your wagon to a star that's right <laughs> you know I will I will, <laughs> I will do that I will, I will hitch my wagon to a star I think I read it incorrectly I thought if it's hitch your wagon you're a star. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of your car, you're fabulous. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. Still equally, you know, still same sort of joyous feels anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, fun with discipline, Mr. Craft says, so we know what kind of school trip that's going to be. In the school cafeteria and a school board meeting is underway, carrying the motion to remove all traces of nuts from any future bake sales, as apparently the janitor almost died from eating a nut-ridden cookie. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, no, Chris, it's okay though. Because he's finally breathing on his own again. Yeah, but who the fuck is Janet Bill? <laughs> he's been named. He's been Janet named. Bill. Oh, you know Janet Bill. Who the fuck's Janet Bill? Well, it it wasn't Pops, was it? Or unless Pops, you know, Pops from um, As Westbridge Turns. Hey, 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 but Phil, Pops' name will actually be Pops. It could <laughs> yeah. be Bill. Yeah, but, but uh, we've, got, we've had Pops, and we've had the the eye patch guy as the two Janet. Still Burton. Who the fuck? Who the fuck is Bill? It's Bill Pops. Is Bill? Is is Bill? Hashtag is Bill Pops? <laughs> yes. Um, either way, the janitors have a shit old time, don't they? Yeah, mm. yeah. Poor Pops having his heart attack. Stone Burton is many mishaps relating to bees. Um, and yeah, now now poor old Bill uh, with his nut allergy. So yeah. Uh, uh, the next point now is how to spend money left over from the budget. Libby suggests a trip to Europe for all the cheerleaders, and despite the obscene amount of hands raised for the water fountain, that motion is passed in Libby's favour. Sabrina protests the decision, but Kraft, being the bastard that he is, says he believes that this country's forefathers would have wanted the nation's cheerleaders to see France. Now, Graham. Yeah, you've got the same point as I've got. Well, the point I've got was something I was very pleased with, actually. Which is it was... a bastard oh. point? Uh, well, one bas- Well, yeah, definitely bastard point for both Kraft and Libby here, but also the fact that at the start of the series, and we were so excited, weren't we, about this whole political thriller within the school? The idea that you know, like at the top of you know of the teacher-student sort of power structure were Libby and Kraft as partners in crime, working to sort of benefit one another. Libby was sort of this stooge, you know, uh, reporting who wasn't towing the line, and in return, Kraft was, you know, sort of making things all fine and dandy for her and the cheerleaders and her friends. And we've got that corruption returning here. So, finally, we're getting back to what looked like was going to be the theme of the series when it started. Mm of this season when it starts yeah so we, we do get a glimpse of this and I think this is something that well, hopefully will continue because it is 
really dastardly, isn't it? The fact that you know yeah. Kraft and Libby sort of and also feel really metaphorically in bed with each other. I'm not making any no. assumptions, oh, but you no. know. Also, really bastardly. Yeah, really bastardly. Now, I'm go- I want to pick up that political point later on, but my point right now is, and I quote, sending our cheerleaders to the godless countries in Europe. Mm. Fuck you, <laughs> Willard Craft. I live in one of those godless countries in Europe, but. <laughs> Don't go to church as much, so we are godless. That's very, um, very true. Yeah, but I, uh, let me, right. And you, and godless, you, you godless. hate, you hate the sound for France. I do hate that. That's not the point I'm getting at. Come on, guys, you're meant to be working with me, not against me. We have Italy. Within Italy is the Vatican. The Vatican is its own country, which has got the Pope who fucking lives there. If that's godless, fucking rot. Ah. I could have said it better myself, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Oh, and uh, Gordy had a cracking point about the water fan. Well done, Gordy. Yes, he did. It's good so. to see you back, Gordy. Yeah. Yes, yeah, friend of the show, Curtis Anderson. Yeah, it's nice to see his, his face pop up again. Um, later, Mr. Kraft is handing out pamphlets for the school trip with rules each student should follow, like no snacking, lights out at eight, and no laughing. Uh, the students and himself are staying in his ex-father-in-law's condo and everyone must pitch in with chores to, to pay for the time. And One of them there. is paint the living room. <laughs> That's not pitching in with chores. <laughs> pitching in with chores is doing the dishes. Painting the living room is some fucking bullshit Miyagi <laughs> fucking stuff. It's awful, isn't it? Sabina runs away to find a way to make Kraft understand teenagers, which naturally involves illegally using Zelda's laptop to concoct a method of making Mr. Kraft understand teenagers. Or drugging his tea, as it turns out to be. And then, boys, we're treated to our first, and hopefully not the last, espionage montage. This music, this sneaking music, the, um, what's it called? With the... I can't remember what they call that. Hi-hat. Hi-hat, yeah, that, that. That, yeah. Yeah, I love the sneaking music. Yes, well, I mean, what did it remind you of? Pink Panther. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so it was very, very good. I, I did enjoy that. I mean, I would assume this piece of music would have been possibly used for the actual broadcast because it's a very good piece. Yeah. Very similar to Pink Panther. And, yeah. you know, you don't need to use either one. But, yeah, maybe we'll see some more sort of espionage activity. But, uh, yeah, so she's she's trying to get this, this pill, this roofie in uh, his ice tea. Three. Three of them, mate. Yeah, oh, three. Yeah. She's going to get three of them in there. She hides in a bin at some point while some students are necking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a student puts a kick me sign on him, and uh, Sabrina just standing there. He naturally thinks it's her, and she gets sent to detention. You pointed out as well that um, there's some students, because I guess this is how you pass the time in school, hanging from the rafters. Yeah. Except they're not holding onto the rafters, they're holding onto something <laughs> out of shot, some sort of like. Like a monkey bar? Yeah. <laughs> Really, well, if you're going to put monkey bars in the hall, you've got to expect people to grab onto them, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. See, I just imagined it was the uh, poor boom mic operator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Hold it up. Not fucking out. Maybe. Well, we'll never know. Uh, in the office that Sabrina gets sent to, Mr. Kraft demands to know why Sabrina has been following him all day. And she says it's his alluring cologne. Creepy. So <laughs> yeah. So he says you can think about Old Spice whilst in detention. That's even creepier. Yeah. What's my crime, Sabrina says? Smelling the vice principal. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very valid reason, I think, for detention. Yeah. Smelling someone. It's smelling someone. Well, she's told him the reason she's following him is so she can smell him. 
So it is a bit weird. That and is a bit weird. De- someone needs to be locked in a room and thought about their no, actions. No, no, no. I don't think detention is the right way to go. I think more sort of psychiatric yes. help. <laughs> yeah, school, school psychiatrist. Yeah, she needs to go to yeah. Dr. Bull's office again yeah. for smelling him. So uh, he leaves the room briefly to get more detention slips and she spikes his iced tea and hands it to him. He takes a sip and the pill kicks in, prompting him to turn on some tunes. Yo, you can feel detention in the room, he says. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, craft, you are full of them. Does he full get any ba- something? I'll does he get any bast points? He, he talks about, before he turns into a child, he talks about um, sucking up. You should only suck up to someone. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a way of life. Yeah, yeah. You, can't just life. Do, you can't just brown nose when you want. You've got to have your head f- and nose firmly locked into that yeah, arse. You've got to take up residence up there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Gotta wear them like a You hat. gotta plant your flag. <laughs> yeah. In the cafeteria, Mr. Kraft's younger behaviour continues, especially when a teacher walks past and he calls him a <coughs> loser. Which is only fair, really. Oh, yeah. Years of putting up with that himself. Yeah, and it's the second <coughs> loser, because we failed to mention in the school cafeteria meeting, just, just someone shouts it. Any time Mr. Kraft's on screen, just assume someone's gone... <coughs> loser. They're also triggered by the most random sentences. Like he's not really said anything particularly loserish. It's just <coughs> loser. Uh, and then his uh, his young att- his young behaviour continues when uh, Gordy also drops a tray on the floor, and Mister Kraft shouts and claps his hands. Hey, well done, Gordy. Lads, 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 lads. <laughs> Which is very similar to uh, in our school, if somebody dropped their uh, tray in oh, the yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. in the uh, dining room. Um, it was also the assembly hall, which was which also, also the, the drama room, which is also so the theatre. Our small was too. Our small. Our school was too small for the amount of people in it, folks. So we had yeah. to we had to double up and treble up um, in terms of uh, room use. Um, but yeah, as soon as somebody dropped their tray. Um, Especially if there was a smash of a plate. Oh, it was always, oh, that's what you wanted. Yeah, it was always it was a brief pause. Well, you heard you heard the reverberations of the smash, and then with brilliant sort of discipline, brilliant synchronicity, everyone would go way, and then yeah, drumming on the tables as frenetically as you can. Um, brief outlet of um, you're a dick of well of anarchy and rebellion. Yeah. Um, Did you ever get weighed? Um, possibly once or twice. I mean, I was a clumsy fucker. Still am. So uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd imagine so. I can't. I can't think of whether I actually dropped a plate and got um, you know, got the the rapturous applause. I do. I do remember I got weighed by a couple of tables when uh, I there was a a young lad that was winding me up that day. So I got my little petty flu yogurt out again. They're not painters, but I got the yogurt out and I want. I was like, what I'll do is I put it in his pocket and when he gets up, I'll slip it under. So when he sits down. He's going to sit on this yogurt pot. Yes. His, his uh, pocket's going to be covered in yogurt. Yeah, because our blazers all look the same. I put it in a pocket, slipped it under his. I'd put the yogurt in my own pocket. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> dick. And he sat on it and went, oh my God. And I went, oh, I've got fucking summer fruit in my pocket. And the neighbouring tables all weighed and called me a yogurt wanker. Oh, oh well, you know. At least you were a yogurt wanker. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you could have been a worse wanker. <laughs> oh, that absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. learned my lesson anyway. What? Not to put a, a petty falou in your yeah. own blazer I re- pocket. I retired from putting snack-sized yogurts in uh, students' pockets. Yeah. It may maybe a day where it comes back. Anyway, 
So Willard then tells Sabrina and Harvey his plans for the trip, and he's just about to tell us a story about how his toenail fell off when we're interrupted by Libby, who wants the European trip signed off. He ignores her and continues to tell us of how his toenail was just flailing around in his sock. No! No! He didn't say flail! He said float! Which begs this question. How does something float in a sock? Because <laughs> the sock's full of some sort of liquid. Oh, oh, my, oh my god, I did not think that. Oh god, that is <clears throat> that is worse. Than well, as much, much, as, much as Libby, I believe, does say. Ew. 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 Wow. I mean, would, would that be pus in the... Um, um, blood pus... Yeah, could be could be anything really. Could, could sweat, sweat. Yeah. Oh yeah, or could, could some combination of the three, most likely. Oh, oh. that sounds volatile. Yeah, oh, we need to be quite. The reason it wouldn't leak through the sock is because it'd be kind of like viscous. So <laughs> and it's like clotted, as it yeah. is. Oh, yeah. oh. 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 it's it, it, it's gloppy. Yeah, it's gloppy. Glop, 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 glop. That's what glop glop is. Glop, 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 glop. It's definitely not a story to tell. Um, never mind at lunchtime or ever. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Gross. It, that is not. And it's like, oh, I've got a fun anecdote about a toenail. But his, his approximate mental age at this point is probably about 14. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's a cool story you, you, love, you love gross stuff when you're a 14-year-old boy, don't you? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always, you know, guts or puss. Yeah. Or Gus, as uh, <laughs> the third one. Gus. Um, so oh, we- I'd like to make note right now of his um, his wonderful sort of... I don't know how to describe it other than the uh, sweater, vest, waistcoat, cardigan. Yeah, it, it's kind of... It's what he was wearing, but he's yeah. made it a bit cash. Top button's undone... Vest is out. It was one of those. When he had it done up and he was wearing the jacket and he had the tie and the shirt on, it was like, no, that's just a standard waistcoat. But now it's some sort of weird, twisted, cool sort of I'm a hip teacher type thing. Mm. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about <laughs> yeah. it. So, yeah, sort of a little like Will Will Smith did uh, in Fresh Prince where he turns his blazer inside out. So he's got the, <laughs> yeah. uh, the jazzy pattern showing. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Uh, so just as we're about to get more details on this gory toenail story, Libby's still trying to get his attention to sign off this form. So instead he takes it off her and dumps it in uh, Harvey's mashed potatoes. She goes, ew! And he goes, oh, here's the world's smallest violin playing the world's saddest song. Just for you. Again, not the world's smallest violin. Listeners, I know you can't see this, but I'm just currently rubbing my forefinger and my thumb together. That's the world's smallest violin, chaps. What's the world's smallest saxophone like? How would you play that? <laughs> well. <laughs> when they're... When they're um... <laughs> Kraft and uh, Harvey are doing sort of like the keep away, sort of throwing the uh, letter around um, so Libby can't get it, and Harvey accidentally overthrows it, and it lands in Gordy's food. It's Gordy's food, isn't it? Libby's food. Libby's food. So. No, Sabrina's food. Sabrina's food. Someone's yeah. food. It lands, Someone's. In the, it lands in the food anyway. Because Harvey threw too hard, is why, is why that happened. Yeah. And uh, Kraft's like, so what was that, Kinkle? So even from Mr. Kraft... Transformed into a teenager, Harvey's getting shit about his football ability. <laughs> but I, but I guess that doesn't require like battered points because it's just an observation on yeah. skill that he, unfortunately, the poor lad, doesn't have. Yeah, it turns out maybe he's not that good at football. No, maybe despite all those trophies that yeah. an entire episode was all about. Yeah. in season one, weird. Um, maybe but- it's not. Maybe it's not his position. Maybe he's. Maybe he doesn't play thrower. Maybe he plays. <laughs> maybe he plays runner or kicker or touchdowner. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe. We we know the rules. <laughs> yeah, we know we know the rules. <laughs> Those rules, we know all of them. Back home, and Sabina is seemingly filling Salem in what the day's events were all about. 
You're kidding. He played Smells Like Teen Spirit with his nose. Wow. How? I don't know. He could play it with a saxophone, though, couldn't he? <laughs> turns out that Kraft is on another date with Hilda, and he's this time dressed like a jock, reporting on how much fun both he and Hilda had. She or she grabs his face this time, mm. the way round, for a kiss, and he runs off like a giddy schoolboy. Touchdown, Kraft! Touchdown, Kraft! So, I mean, Hilda has legitimately had a good time here. She's oh, not yeah. just humouring him like she normally is. So, if he was to stay... I mean, later on he regresses, he becomes... More childish, and even yeah. she can't deal with with how sort of how silly he is. But um, if he was to stay like mentally fourteen forever, they could have a a great relationship. Yeah, but it also brings up the fact that she legitimately find. I mean, she finds Mister Craft attractive just through his personality and how much fun she's having. She's not yeah. necessarily physically attracted to him, but she's attracted to again a thirteen, fourteen year old version of him. So she likes the the young or mentally challenged. Well, she's six hundred years old, but she has the mental age. Well, this is where we learn Hilda's mental age, really, because the reason she's had a good time is because they've just been just nuisances. Yeah, they've been been on like they've they've thrown thrown things at people and stuff, haven't they? Yeah, Yeah, they've thrown things at people. They've been nasty without fear of sort of consequence in the way that teenagers can be and adults can't, and that's that's what Hilda likes. Yeah. Hmm. It's a bit of a, a chilling question, though. Like, yeah. what? What's her ideal man? It's a it's a fourteen year old boy in a in a fifty year old man's body. <laughs> yeah. now, so maybe her and Dante would get on like a house on maybe. fire. Now, now thinking about this from a psychological standpoint, yeah, Hilda really does enjoy providing the id with sufficient enough information. She feeds her id, hence why she is impulsive. Probably why she has her murder room, why she does all the things to affect other people, cares only for herself. She is uh, very self-centred. Yes. Mm. And she feeds her id. Thank you, Sigmund Freud. Yeah, so she... Her ex-boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So she, she he rubbed off a bit on her. Yeah. Well, in well, other ways. <laughs> what, 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 what they did in their own time is their business. Um, <clears throat> Doesn't bear thinking about... Uh, we cut back to school where all the kids are waiting for the school bus to pick them up for the ski trip. And Mr. Kraft runs out dressed awesomely and admits that he forgot to hire the bus because his mother didn't remind him. He says not to worry, though, and shows everyone his arse. Um, we don't see it, though. No, we don't. But he we... runs off to the arcade and goes, is he mooning us? So, Mr. Kraft just... The kids will never forget that. No. Fair enough, at the end of this episode, it's, it was like it was all a dream. Everyone's forgotten. But those those kids are going to remember, I saw I saw Mr. Kraft's arse. Yeah. And possibly his arse hole if yeah. he mooned that expertly. Expertly. Maybe, <laughs> maybe even a little bit of brain. Maybe. Maybe, maybe he gave him... Is it, a, is it a fruit bowl? Is that where you... <laughs> what? Where you tuck everything behind and oh, show everyone everything. Oh. Good grief. So, yeah, so he gets his arse out naturally and that's the end of that trip. On Monday, it turns out that the school is filthy and the lights don't work because Mr. Kraft is now too childish to sort things out, like paying the janitors and paying the electrical bills. Yeah, ja- janitor Bill, he's come back to work and instantly... Not there. No, he's... He was, Not being paid. First of all, he was sick. Now he's he's 
Yeah, he's, 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 no, he's, no, he's sore. Yeah, <laughs> um, but um, it was quite interesting this bit because they're like, oh, I didn't realise Mr. Kraft did all this. So in a way, there was sort of a bit of an extra thing on on top of the whole. Oh, you know, he's. Um, it's not as simple as he needs to be more like a teenager and everything will be fine. There's also the thing of like, Mr. Kraft actually did quite a lot for them. He actually sort of really did keep the school running. Mm. And um, because he was a, a crusty old fuddy duddy, they uh, didn't really appreciate that of him until it was gone. Yeah, no, that's, no, that's very true. But when Mr. Kraft finally arrives on this day, he asks them if they have seen last night's Teen Night Rider. <laughs> Now, now, no idea what the show is about at all, but all I had in my head was David Hasselhoff surrounded by teenagers and him teaching them how to be... To ride the night. To ride the night. (laughs) And that is not a positive image in my head. Fortunately, Hasselhoff himself, it seems, was not involved. Um, Thank God the kids were safe. Neither was anybody you have ever heard of. Um, <laughs> and what, um, so what what decade did this, um, did this show go? Well, you say what decade, Phil? They could not have made a reference that was more strictly confined to season two of Sabrina the Teenage Witch in terms <laughs> of its... its um, it coinciding in terms of its air dates because this... Uh, ran 1997 to 1998. Wow. How many episodes did it manage to churn uh, out? 22. <laughs> okay, so it did a full season. A full season. Uh, whether they all aired, I don't know. Or, or whether what time slot they aired in, I don't know. Um, a lot of characters who were in every single episode, or at least credited for every single episode. Uh, including one called Dante. Excellent. Uh, one called Plato. One called Beast. Wow. Yeah, there was a character called Sky One, <laughs> named, named after a TV channel. Um, yeah, uh, guy was in it called Dwayne Davis, and his AMDP picture is him in a Texas State football uniform with the ball in front of his face, so you can't see his face. It's a proper like Mike Wazowski, is yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> football helmet and football covering this man's face. It's one of those moments of I'm looking at the picture now. And it doesn't look like he's thrown the ball. No. It looks like the ball's coming to him, and he is in no position to catch that. It's no. gonna hit him square in the face. He's caught it in his mouth, hasn't he? No, he's got a, he's got a face guard, mate. He can't do anything. He's just gonna Wow. Him. Could we say watch this space as an extra credit? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's very relevant to this season scene. It only existed during this season of yeah. uh, 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 And it's mentioned. Yeah, Teen Knight Rider. Maybe, yeah. yeah. But to, to continue with spin-offs of Hasselhoff shows, why not? Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested mm. in knowing, if, was this referenced because it was on the same network, or a writer, or a member of staff, or someone's kid that was in the staff of Sabrina was like, oh, yeah, can you mention my show? Uh, okay. We don't know, Phil, is the bottom line. Evidently not very successful, no. so I, I'm wondering whether it's inter-network plugging. Yeah. So maybe if it was aimed at the same audience, they'd be like, "Huh, Team No Rider." Hmm, yeah. Well, maybe in the future we'll be able to uh, we'll we'll be able to find out what all the fuss was not all about, and we can discuss the show with Mr. Kraft because that's what he wanted when he yes. cycles past all the kids in the uh, the corridor. <laughs> Sabrina resorts to calling Salem to ask him for help in diffusing the spell because Mr. Kraft is getting younger by the minute. So Mr. Kraft walks into the school cafeteria and notices a huge line of people waiting for food because he hasn't, again, Mr. Kraft hasn't paid for the staff or the food. So Mrs. Quick tells him that it is his responsibility to make sure the students are fed. He just tells her that she should make some food 
Because she's a girl. Sexist oh. cunt. <laughs> also, uh, Mrs. Quick mentions that Kraft makes three times what she does. So, wow. yeah, massive gender pay disparity as well. Um, yeah. It is that moment of, oh my days, they're tackling sexism in the workplace in an episode where he's being a child. This show has got everything, Philip. Yeah, and, and again, what we like, I like unexpected character developments. And um, in about two episodes time, there is an episode about... Um, it's not solely about Mr. Craft and Mrs. Quick, but they both of them play a prominent role in the episode. And you get to really see Mrs. Quick grow to a character rather than just a member of staff who pops up every now and then. I'm pleased we're seeing more of her because she does seem interesting. And it's, yes. good, to ha- it's good to have a female yeah. teacher. Yeah, that, that, yeah. That, this particular episode <clears throat> um, that we're, we will look at um, in a f- couple of weeks' time is, um, yeah, it's, also, it's kind of like a subplot of, of Mrs. Quick. Be more confident and actually standing up for herself against Mr. Kraft. So we'll we'll see Good these two. Quick. We'll see these two paired up. Well, that, um, that it soon. references when we had the problem with the water fountain, and she just gave it a kick. And Sabrina goes, "You got anger management problems?" Because <laughs> she's always so happy and smiley. Yeah. yeah, and she's so chipper. Chipper. Chip is the word. Yes. Chipper. Well, well, Mr. Kraft is just a bastard. Bastard. Sexist um, bastard. So we belong in the kitchen. You bastard. Well, he's got a younger mindset. Still does, a bastard. Yeah, do, I was going to say to Graham, I think you're the, the, the scorekeeper. Does that warrant a bastard point, or is he just in a younger, stupid frame of mind? Um, it's Yeah, it's more of sort of a... Uh, that, that sentiment is a bastard sentiment, but as Kraft... But he is sexist. Yes. He's he's made sexist remarks like relating to the um the whole sort of situation of oh make make a poster for your boyfriend sort yeah, of thing yeah. in uh, in uh, the uh, first couple of episodes. So it's the kind of thing he may say as a uh, as an adult as uh, in his usual frame of mind. Ge- genuinely though, right? Think about it this way. It's just more prominent. His sexism in this moment is just more prominent because he's of a younger mindset, which would mean that he was raised to be sexist. Yeah. And also, he doesn't have the adult nouse to sort of cover it up, to sort of like veil it in yeah. sort kind of... Yeah, like restrain himself. He's got yeah. no restraints. Yeah, and also to sort of veil it in terms where he dresses sexism up, but he doesn't know how to do that when he's a child. Mm. So, can, could we potentially give a bastard points to the parents of Willard Craft? <laughs> Possibly. For raising their child incorrectly. Pete and Sheila Craft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might as fucking yeah. well be. <laughs> yeah. Pete and Sheila. Yeah, see, we've got no other parents to compare them to. Yeah, so Pete and Sheila get some more points for yeah. raising Dante and Kraft to be yeah. shitbags. Yeah. Uncle Salem is on the phone, which I've very much enjoyed, uh, with findings regarding the potion. It turns out that the only way the potion could have gone wrong is if it was mixed with caffeine, which it was because it was added to Mr. Kraft's iced tea. The potion has now become one with the jug like the force and each time he takes a hit of it he gets younger so Sabrina attempts to steal Kraft's carafe yes uh, also um, during uh, this uh, exchange uh, Salem tells Sabrina to be careful 99 um, to which he says what and he says my god you're so young um, we learnt through IMDB again thank you um, that that's... we're not being paid by IMDB no, no. Uh, we learnt that that's a reference to Get Smart the 60s uh, spy comedy a TV series which was made into a very unsuccessful film with Steve like... Carell and Anne Hathaway about ten years ago. And, and Dwayne and the, Johnson. And The Rock. And, and The yeah. Rock. Um, yeah. Um, she, I, she's too young to get that, I guess. But, I mean, 
I think she literally would have been born when it was on the air. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was the most interesting thing, though, when you typed that quote in? What popped up first? Yes, I just put Be Careful 99 into Google, and it just came up with the MDB page for this episode of Sabrina, <laughs> yeah. saying that when Salem says Be Careful 99, it's a reference to Get Smart. Yeah, so there we go. Yeah. So maybe it's the only time it was used outside of Get Smart, anyway. So, yeah, Uncle Sam is on the phone telling her that she must steal Mr. Kraft's carafe. She investigates his office and she's just about to head off with his jug when Willard pops out of his cushion fort and gives her a Chinese, sorry, an Indian burn. She hits him over the head with a cushion and runs away. I'm pretty sure you meant to say um, South Asian burn now. Or Why na- are you? Or Native American burn. Or Native American burn. Really? I did yeah, not yeah, know yeah. that. Well, it's more like, basically, childhood sort of like... Um, Light violence, where you uh, <laughs> light violence. grab somebody by the wrist, glossed and, over violence. Yes, yeah. grab somebody by the wrist and twist. Yeah, um, in this, like we did last summer. Yeah, causing friction. Yes, in, in of both kinds. And yeah. in in this country, it was referred to as a Chinese burn. In America, it was referred to as an Indian burn. Indian, I think, referring to Native American. It's mm-hmm. a whole thing of mysterious foreign cultures, and this is a magic, uh, you know. Actually, mate, it was a little pain. Bit, no, it was, it was even simpler than that because the friction turns your skin red. Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. And they were. That's a that's racist, but it makes more sense. Yeah, it makes more sense. No, it's really racist. Yeah, their, their racism made more sense than ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. and that's the last we'll say on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, it does. It just go to. Does it, is it the same as? Because obviously we have Chinese whispers. Is that? Is well, that, that, that's, is that been, that's is that been censored? It, or? That's more that it ends out as gobbledygook, like Chinese. Yeah, mm, yeah. Again, sense. so that's racist too. Yeah, but um, you, you could. Call that French whispers, Swedish whispers, Scottish whispers, Scottish whispers, <laughs> chocolate whispers. Yeah. yeah, absolutely anything that isn't well, where people don't uh, speak English as a first language. Wow, we are a godless country. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're rude and racist, we're, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. Uh, Willard and Hilda happen to be on another date later on, and uh, Hilda is shouting at Mister Kraft for sitting on the floor because he's bored and continues to mess around and generally just piss Hilda off who could end his life at any moment. Yeah, I, I sort of turned off because now it's just it just got a little bit too ludicrous. It got a bit too ludicrous but I really liked Martin Mull just being really stroppy and yeah. fidgety and um, so their food arrives and Hilda's ordered a big steak and he's ordered a chocolate sundae and he just sticks his face in it. He's like, He's... Manages to play a a small child very well, much as Frank Conniff does in um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back, back in episode three. Maybe he had some coaching. Maybe he was like, Good Frank, one. listen, how do I play a kid? And he's like, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do, yeah. Marty. And uh, yeah, so he, he's, he strops on the floor. He slides on his chair. He throws cream from his hand onto Hilda's dress and wants a piece of steak, eats the steak, spits steak out and goes everywhere. And He's, he's just been a terror, a little, little tinker he's been, a little scallywag. And then apparently Sabrina just rocks up. We never see her. She just rocks up and Hilda goes, Sabrina! And we cut to the next scene. Zelda has made a an anti-youth potion, yes. which she's got to feed to Mr. Craft. The only way she knows how... Um, on a spoon, and she says, "Here comes the choo-choo train." What's in the um, aging potion, though, Phil? Prune juice. Yeah. 
back to that again, Old People and Prune Juice, which we've seen. Fucking in pre- love it, which we've seen in a previous episode. Yeah, make, make, makes digestion easier. You know, yeah, keep, keeps you regular. Keeps you regular. Also, a Miami Beach tap water, she says, because <laughs> Florida, old people. See, um, yeah, retirees. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. I like that. So that this uh, again, this concoction is made an anti-youth potion, and the only way to feed it to him is to chew, chew. Here comes the train, and then he snaps out of it, and Mister Kraft says. That noise is going on your permanent record. <laughs> How can a noise go on a permanent record? Because <laughs> he's a bastard. He's back to normal, isn't he? No, no, he? I mean, literally, how can a noise go on a permanent record? It's uh, a piece of paper. Pop-up. Uh, with a little button <laughs> in you, like you can get with cards. <laughs> Choo-choo. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, and he gets a cold shudder. Yeah. Uh, he, he suspects that Sabrina, again, because there's no other explanation, that Sabrina had something to do with uh, this date. Didn't he say that... Because obviously he's filthy and he's got home. They went on a date. He passed out and... Hilda dived over the nachos so he didn't hit his head. Yeah. yeah. Fucking heroic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, to, to show his gratitude, he says to Hilda that they'll take he'll take her out on another date next week. And Hilda sort of grimaces and does a false smile because she doesn't fancy him. She likes him as a child. Just not like, too young. Just, yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah, a bit of a kid, but not yeah. too much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just needs to loosen up, really. Back in school, a Mr. Kraft is back to normal, much to everyone's delight. And he's even handing out detention slips to everyone he meets because of a new school policy that detentions are now exclusively given out for personal resentments. I think that deserves yeah, more that than does one. A point. <laughs> one for each one he gave out. So that's one, two, three that I saw. Yes. Sabrina, Harvey and Gordy. Yeah. Probably would have given out. So he gets another one though, I think, for uh, not giving Libby one and giving her tickets to the cheerleading symposium. Yes, in the Loire Valley. So she gets her trip to France. Yeah. What a fabulous. It was only three tickets. I'm going to assume there's more than three cheerleaders. Probably her and... Her two cronies. Her, yeah, her lesser spotted uh, cronies. Mm, yeah. Or Libby, Mr. Kraft and uh, Libby's quick. dad. Oh, maybe, yeah. You know, little, little, um, that little click. Yeah. You know, maybe. Yeah, not going to a cheerleading symposium at all. They're just going to chill, aren't they? Let <laughs> cheerleaders. Drink, drink wine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Harvey says that even though Mr. Kraft is an awful person, they have him to thank for having a clean school working like to meals. So maybe they should be grateful for him. And I think that is quite a good point to make for young kids watching this you know like again it's with parents and teachers they might be a little harsh but they do it with some reason obviously i know craft is a very um exaggerated version of it but you know he's a he's an old coot who's really ratty and horrible to everyone yeah. but he does have a lot of responsibilities and that's probably why but he does have a lot of power and he does abuse it frequently. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, it, it's it's a thing, yeah, they should show his gratitude. Or maybe not. And Sabrina chooses the other option uh, by using the broken water fountain to cover him in water. Lovely. Great. Yeah. Great. Not what he's bought. Back to where we were. <laughs> yeah. Yay. The credits roll and Sabrina has been grounded and tasked with mixing up potions in the laptop, like making up some incredibly strong cheeses. Uh, which causes Salem to faint, but he's just joshing, and he eats it. Uh, I don't being know careful not to choke. Yeah, well, careful not to choke because he's fucking demolishing it. <laughs> yeah, he's like. Rah, 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 rah. So I don't really know what they're making. I have no yeah. idea, but apparently it smells like it's already been eaten. So yeah, and he it eats can't... like Richard Nixon. <laughs> 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 So there we go, that is the end of episode 13, uh, what's it called again? Little Big Craft, Big Little Craft, Little Big Craft. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> one of those. Mr. Crafton's too young boy, that's what it's <laughs> You can pinpoint the point where we stop trying. Pick it up, craft, whatever. We're done. So they I'm said- out! Did you like it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. What's next week? So I'll find out next week. I'm going for a piss. Yeah. Uh, so Graham, did you enjoy this episode? <laughs> yes, I did. It was um, it was it was very good, as I say. I I really liked um, them actually remembering that they've got a an audience. Well, that they've got that they've got a school that they've got like a established sort of network of sort of um, hierarchy and all these sort of things that they can play with that they've ignored for. Feels like a dozen episodes yeah. now. Um, well, it's not quite, but it's you know since the very early part of season two, it was good to get back into that. It was good to see, you know, um, yeah, to see Kraft and Libby sort of used properly and effectively again. Um, it was good to see, in a way, sort of like even though it was another wacky concept. Yeah, Mr. Kraft's a kid now, but it did sort of tell us a lot about him. It tells a lot about Hilda as well. Um, it was just just a good ensemble episode um, the like of which we've not seen for a while so it was, it was a good palate cleanser this yeah. episode after some of what we've seen recently I think yeah it was a daft episode but the actual daftness sort of worked for developing the show yeah. and it, was, it wasn't it was done as a lazy gag or Mr. Crafton as a, a young lad wouldn't that be funny but yeah. they actually used that opportunity to um, help us further explore Mr. Craft and some t- uh, people involved in his life yes. uh, Chris do you agree? yeah but I I, I... I want it to turn into a political thriller, to be honest with you. Yeah, I did like the return of that. Yeah, I think yeah. No, I, 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 no, I mean, I want Sabrina the Teenage Witch, colon, the political years. Just, instead of the West Wing, just the West Bridge. Yeah, yeah that's completely. What that's what I want to see. <laughs> that's what I want to see. Uh, it was entertaining. Um, uh, let's just let, let's just say we have, uh, we, we've sort of trudged through the last couple of episodes. Yeah. So it was a good... A good one to, as Graham said, palate cleanser. Yeah, bring us back. It was a nice return to pace. I said it was a daft concept with funny gags in it, but it actually served a purpose. And yeah. I think that's what yeah. we mean. So yeah, no, I think overall a very good episode. I think a palate cleanser is a perfect, um, perfect way to summarise this episode. Uh, but what do we know? We're not going to summarise it in words. We're going to summarise it in numbers. Those numbers are going to come from uh, Mr. Chris Evans. He's our rank master. So each week he tells us what he firmly believes and rightly so each episode deserves so Chris episode 13 little big craft big little craft whatever what do you give it something about a craft yeah um, to be perfectly honest with you guys um, I'm uh, it's much better than the last episode but we're still we're not we're not hitting our peaks yet um, it was it was better than a solid episode so I'm gonna have to give it um, six roofies and an iced tea six roofies and an iced tea that that get you killed. <laughs> um, <laughs> Graham, what do you think? Um, How many roofies would you put in the iced tea? I don't tea? know. Yeah, six roofies in an iced tea. You'd be anybody's because you'd be dead. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, six point five. I would say roofies in an iced tea. Yeah, and I I will. Um, it's six point five roofies that kill you. Yeah, it's the extra point. <laughs> so, yeah, the it's extra the point five of the six. 6. You're okay. Yeah, yeah you know, knocked out for two days. I've taken six. What's harm in another one? So I'm gonna I'm gonna add another one. So I'm gonna say seven rupees and an iced tea, just because again I appreciate the the level of of silliness, humour, but also I really like that it did serve a purpose. And yeah. I do really like Mr. Craft. I think Mr. Craft's yeah. a great character, and anything 
uh, any episode that allows us to see more of his character. Yeah, and it's, it's a nice, more. nice showcase for, for him and for Martin Mulder. Yeah, and like I said, there's a, a good episode coming up in a couple of weeks between him and Mrs. Quick, yeah. which um, again I think is really, really sort of on par with this one. And as well, did you enjoy Mr. Craft acting like a young boy? Yes. Would you enjoy it if he turned into a chimp? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got that to also look forward to right? in that episode. <laughs> if you think the idea of a chimp wearing a suit is funny, just oh. just you wait. Not as funny as a cat wearing a suit, but oh no, still yeah. funny. <laughs> not as funny as a cat driving a car. No. no, but that's an episode for another time. It's not next week's episode, which is called Five Easy Pieces of Libby." What do you think that episode's about? Oh my god, did they turn Libby into a jigsaw? I don't know. Could they do Easy Pieces of Libby? Um, Five easy pieces of Libby. Does people? They don't. Does people? <laughs> does people? I, I, I does just, people make oh, sense? Oh fuck me! <laughs> Hilda doesn't, you know, do the whole hung, drawn, and quartered. That'd create five pieces. Oh my god! It At would. least, yeah. If if she hung, if she yeah, hung, deca- decapitated, yeah, and drew and quartered her, yeah. So that's what happens. Yeah. yeah, that's that's exactly what happens. In five easy pieces of Libby, uh, they receive a package in the mail, and it is Libby and um, Hilda, ju- Hilda just mutilates her. Yeah. So wow. join us. <laughs> do, do they send uh, a piece, a small piece of her back to her parents every oh, pe- every hour? Or oh, a pe- piece well, to craft, a piece to her parents, a piece yeah. to her friends. And then they send the rest to the four corners of the globe. No, what they do is they send five pieces to her closest family, and the rest of the pieces are just nailed to every tree in the woods. Nice. Oh, I see. I yeah, see. yeah, yeah, yeah. What like proper skin spread out around yeah. the trunk of a tree, sort of just thing. Just chunks. Yeah. So they skin her, yeah. Yeah. Wrap wrap her intestines around a tennis court. And then, yeah. they, then they go into hiding in France. You've literally not the fucking south of France, mate. They go to Italy, all right? Okay. Yeah. You've literally hit the nail on the head with yeah. with every piece of okay. it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> 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 you had us going. Oh, you had us going. Oh, oh, oh he's oh. such a he's such a wag. You nearly there. I nearly had you convinced, but. No, um, yeah, Libby gets turned into a jigsaw. Really? Are you <laughs> shitting me? What? No, why? The episode. Uh, in an effort to keep Libby... What? So I was right? <laughs> yeah. In an effort to keep Libby away from her, Sabrina uses her magic, but it backfires and subsequently turns Libby into a puzzle, which she must solve or she'll die. Or she'll die? Wow. Yeah. Some stakes next week, then. <laughs> yeah. And not... And not- no- not the steaks that she that her dad got for Mr. Kraft, uh, yeah. and not the steaks that you get at the uh, cattle fair. No, no, no. not those either. That's uh, very true. The, the underground, and not yeah. the steaks that would kill a vampire. No, no. so a few many steaks. different steaks that it is not. No, <laughs> that's certainly true. So join us for those high stakes, indeed. I have been Phil Dean. Thank you very much for joining us for this episode. Thank you very much for joining us, Mr. Riley. Yeah. Thank you very much to a Mr. Chris Evans. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. I've been Chris, and I've been your saxophonist. Ooh, would you like to give us a note to... Uh... Of course, Phil. To close us out on my part... Mm-hmm.